welcome to the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, Herbie Mack. Look, this podcast is raw, authentic, and unstripped. We're going to turn these hard conversations into conversations. This is the only way we can break the stigma when it comes to mental health and suicide prevention. Now, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review, baby. I need them five stars. Sit back, enjoy the show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, H.P. Mack, and today... I'm honored. You know, you never know what the universe is going to bring to you. Um, you know, with the mental health community that I've been a part of for about a year now, they've just been, I've been meeting people that I love, what they do, their movement, right? Sharing their stories and opening up. You think it's easy, but it's very difficult. And when you do open that window and you show people that vulnerability, and you know I'm all about that because that's a superhero in us, right? Is using it as a superpower. It's it's amazing. Um, this young man had hit me in my DMs, and we were just having a conversation, and I was trying to get to know him, and then he, sh- he shared his website, and I read his bio, and I'm just like, wow, this is hit home. Um, not only for, like, me, but this is going to hit everybody else, and his story, I can't say it better than him. This is Jay, and Ashley, how are you doing? Rocking it, rocking it out here in Canada. <laughs> Stay warm, my friend. Stay warm. Yeah. It's like minus 35 outside right oh now. It's quite chilly. Yes. So how are you guys doing? We're good. Yeah. Nice. You know, the um Ashley's coming up on 17 months on the the ninth. The ninth. Yeah. And nice. uh, I'm coming up on 13 years on the eleventh. So February is a huge month for uh the recovery couple, actually. Um Ashley's birthday's on the seventh too, and and okay. actually my <laughs> business's birthday, so my my business Freshwater Cuisine celebrates five years too, mm-hmm. and then um, Ashley and I have been together for one three hundred and sixty five days on the seventeenth. Right. So uh, February is definitely a big month. February is a huge month. It's like uh, ten days of condensed everything. It's <laughs> like uh, okay, we're gonna go to an island and we're gonna do everything in one day. We don't have to celebrate every day and. Uh, uh, yeah so, it's uh so tell the people about your story who wants to know about the recovery couple you want me to go start, yeah all right so uh so i had this uh you know i, I created a brand called chef recovery uh, uh you know years ago um you know <clears throat> being an addict and an alcoholic and uh, suffering and and breaking down and, and in that vicious cycle for uh, 18 plus years uh, of just, you know, not being able to get out, right? Like just not knowing how to get out and and it was living to use and using to live and, um, fear based, right. I was really scared to leave that world that I was in because that's all I knew. Right. And, and, and if I left it, who was I going to be and what am I going to be and where am I going to go and how am I going to do this? And how am I going to survive? And how am I going to deal with this? And how am I going to deal with that? I can't deal without the drugs and alcohol. I need to get high. I need to get drunk. I need to kill the pain. I don't want to deal with this, you know, cause I was born Jay Corey. <clears throat> uh, I was born Jay Corey. And then my name got changed to Jay Barnard halfway through my life. Cause my mom got remarried. So halfway through my life, I lost my identity too. Right. So I, you know, and, and then my father abandoned me and, and hasn't really been in my life at all. Uh, so, you know, when you don't have the, your father, uh, my, my grandfather stepped in as my father, but, you know, I, I think us males really truly look up to our fathers as, as role models. And, and that wasn't there for me. So it really, uh, you know, my uncle was there who, who, uh, you know, was the president of the hell's angels and, uh, you know, 
you know, that was the life that I saw. So, so that was the life that I saw. That was the life that I was attracted to. That was the life that, you know, got me, got me what I had, right? Like I, I was, I was bullied. I was picked on. I was called names because I was a big kid, you know, and, and I never had any friends. Last kid picked on the team in, the, in, the, in school. And, and, you know, all those things really mess you up. You know, as a kid, they really, you know, the trauma, the trauma that that puts on to somebody, because now you really, you know, you really just shut down. It's, it's just a shutdown. And um, I found love in drugs and alcohol. I found love in selling drugs. I found love in being destructive. I found love in being dysfunctional. I found love in, you know, <clears throat> chaos and drama. I found love in lying, cheating, manipulating, stealing. I found love in using women for what I wanted. I found love in, that's where I found love because I didn't know what love was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was just looking for it elsewhere and, uh, and, um, in all the wrong places because I just couldn't, I just couldn't, you know, every time it just, it just, it just wasn't love. Right. It was just, it was, it was a fake this fake thing that just kept going on and on and on and on and on. And, uh, you know, I guess one of my, one of my first real loves in life was cooking. And then that's, you know, where I, I always saw my grandma cooking. It was kind of like the bond me and my grandma had. And, and I've always, <clears throat> always had, you know, always loved food. And, and that's kind of, you know, when my using started, I mean, my first addiction, you know, my, my first addiction was food. Then my second addiction was porn. Right. So you start watching porn and you get all distorted in the mind, how like, this is how a relationship's going to be. And then you go get in that relationship and you try and reenact what you keep seeing. And it's like, okay, how did that happen? But that's not true. And then, you know, you're so, so then it's like, you're bouncing from women to women to try and get what you, you know, is just distorted and could never hold a relationship because I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what a relationship was, right? Like I didn't have a relationship with myself, losing the identity, how I, you know, I was, I was lost. I was just a lost, <clears throat> a lost soul. And, um, you know, that cycle, that cycle of addiction and using and selling drugs just, you know, throughout my, my, my young years, you know, 13, 14 teenage years, straight up until, you know, 18, 19, 20, I got busted for the first time with cocaine. Um, when I was 20, it took him 10 years to catch up to me. Um, I yeah, I started young. I, I figured out, uh, well, that's how it became popular, right? It became popular. And, and I, I was a loser. I was, I was looked at as a loser. I was looked at as the, the you know, I don't want to be around you, you know, that kind of guy, right? So I found power inside of being a drug dealer. I found power in controlling people. I found power in controlling women. I found power in owning what I owned, which was the drugs, which then led to money, which then led to partying, which led to me being popular because I had everything I wanted. And uh, in the meantime, I was just killing everything around me and killing myself faster. Um, and uh, yeah, I got busted for the first time and went to jail. And um, you know, I found great comfort in going to jail. I, I, it was like a vacation for me and nothing really stopped for me. I, I brought drugs into jail with me and did the same thing. And, you know, so I just couldn't break the cycle. I just didn't know how to break this. I didn't know what cycle breaking was, right? Like I didn't know what that meant or anything like that. And, and, uh, you know, then I tried doing this 
geographical cure and, and tried, you know, moving <clears throat> from Kenora, Ontario. That's, that's where I was born and raised. And that's where Ashley and I live today. Um, and I went to Southern Ontario. I went to, to Sudbury where my uncle was at. And, uh, you know, I had this big plan in my head, you know, gonna, gonna move, things are gonna change, gonna change, everything's gonna change. And uh, what I didn't understand when I did that was like, Jay's going wherever Jay's going. So Jay's gonna be Jay, right? So if Jay's hanging around Mac and Kenora, Jay's gonna hang around, Jay's just gonna be Jay there and find the same people. So if Jay's not changing Jay, nothing's changing so if nothing's changing nothing's changing so that cycle just continued and continued and and <clears throat> bounced around and then started getting into the real hard drugs and and uh, i went from sudbury to oshawa to hamilton then i ran into I, I i i i found heroin and i started banging needles and then found a whole new level of uh whole new level of desperation a whole new level of uh of you know i need this today or i'm gonna die feeling at, at what uh, age did you realize you had to change uh well i, I think it was told to me many a times i don't think it, it clicked. No, but like you for like myself you personally, uh, yeah. myself it had it was when i hit my rock it was when i hit my rock bottom in 2008 okay um, <clears throat> 2008 january 7th when i got busted for the fifth time uh, with the possession of purpose of trafficking cocaine. Um, I, my last drink was January 7th and, uh, but I used drugs straight up because I didn't know how to let go of the drugs. And then I went and saw a counselor and she, uh, she said, you had one house left on the block It's treatment. I think you should go here. It's God driven, but I think you're going to fail. And, uh, I was like, why are you sending me somewhere where I'm going to fail? I've always failed. Like, that's what I think. Like, why are you sending me there? But what I didn't understand then is she was planting a seed, right? She was planting that seed. And I was like, that, that, that little germination of a seed was planted that I got to prove her wrong, even though I was still using it. And even though I didn't want to go, and even though I was fighting, and even though I was banging cocaine and even though, even though, even though, right. It was like that one person had a little bit of hope, had a little bit of hope for me, a little bit of hope when nobody had any hope for me. I had no hope for myself. I hadn't, you know, my family was just like, he's, you know, they didn't want to give up on me, but they gave up on me because, you know, like destructive, right? Um, yeah, 2000, 2008, I guess, uh, I truly realized I had a problem. I, I probably realized way before that, but I didn't want to admit it. And, uh, you know, admitting is half the game to getting you to the uh, start line. <laughs> no, it, truly, it is. It, it really is. Some people don't understand that. Um, you know, I struggle with alcohol myself, right? Never really did the drugs things because I love basketball and some of the basketball players that um, I grew up with that was way talented than me didn't make it because of drugs, right? Like it's easy to make money to fast pace, but then they started not only becoming dealers, they was getting, <laughs> they was they was becoming clients. They was taking it themselves and getting high. And you started seeing that like God-given talent that they had just, drop and it's like wow dude you know so i didn't want that it was it was scary to me but i was just always addicted to drinking to numb the pain right whatever like emotions that i had no one taught me the value of loving yourself similar to you right like mm. like you know you you get the idea of like hey i love you all right yeah okay but you don't get the idea of like how to 
how to love yourself, the most important person, right? Nobody's right. just talking about explaining loving yourself, taking care of yourself. Hey, if you take care of yourself now, like that planting that seed early, imagine the 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 plant or the tree that you would grow. And it's yeah. and it's frustrating to me because you know, I get like every we all have our ups and downs in life, right? But sometimes we are taught what we're not taught honestly right like i'm not nobody taught me how to love myself so therefore i was doing things to damage myself right at the trauma that i experienced growing up was just like you said i moved i'm originally from the bronx i moved from the bronx to tampa and i'm like oh man i'm gonna be good my life is gonna be great and all my problems just like was coming amplified yeah like oh yeah. i'm on my own now but now hb's over here doing this and doing that and and the exposure of alcohol was something like i didn't experience that college life bro like i'm gonna yeah. tell you it was different you know you're like, <laughs> you know, like oh. house is a whole new level bro yeah, yeah. totally different you know you feel yeah. like you feel like similar to like a demigod when you're like man i can have all these drinks and i'm gonna be perfectly fine and then you realize i'm relying on these drinks and yeah. now these drinks are affecting my emotions and who i am and what i do and and i became a jerk <laughs> right and a, a aggressive jerk like some people was like oh he's cool but then like when i started drinking the demon the anger like i had to lock him away in the house and people didn't see that side of me and and i applaud you for admitting that because i had to look in the mirror and admit that i had a problem I'm like man people are waking up drinking coffee here i am pouring my shots of like hennessy or my shots of 151 or even my shots of like johnny black like yo let's go let me get the black label on and let me go and uh wake up and relying on that, not realizing I'm going to work smelling like piss. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm smelling like <laughs> black label and just sweat. Like nobody wants that. But but I had to, like you said, look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, let me, let me actually step my game up. But let me learn to, to love myself and become that person that I, I envisioned in my mind because I didn't have any envision. I had to create it's funny how long it takes away because I can re I remember in 2005 like I, I was in a in a company for through that's where I moved to is it's in a in a, in a uh, MLM company for a long time called DS Max and I was really successful at it. I was like top sales guy I mean I, I was selling drugs so I was easy it, you know, <laughs> selling was the name of the game so I could sell and not only that I had to like sell in order to to use right so i had to sell more product in order to use door to door you know like and i became top sales guy and and uh three years in a row and we were doing a million dollars and uh, a year and uh you know it all crashed because everything was so self-centeredly driven around me and like if if my guys made 200 bucks i'd make 200 bucks and then i'd be using like you just said you know i'd be coming in i'd buy buying the hookers and i'd be drinking i'd be doing the lines off the table and i wouldn't you know but then my whole life crumbled and and you know i got busted driving under suspension for the fifth time <laughs> you know when do you click in five times driving under suspension do you think you think you'd learn after like the first time right but anyways and and my car got towed and, and it got thrown in jail had to get bail and and then my office got closed down the office got closed down and then that's kind of when I went on a, on a spiral and uh really <clears throat> came to a point in my life where I just felt like I was you know I, I wasn't worth it anymore and uh really uh you know didn't think I was a good son and you know didn't uh didn't, didn't think I was going anywhere and 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 you know, I, I, uh, 
I consciously made a decision to to kill myself on a on a Friday on the Wednesday to do it on a Friday, and uh, I took these green pills, thirteen of these green pills, snorted one, took twelve, and this girl I was seeing at the time left me because I became abusive. That's what the drugs and alcohol did. They made me very mean and very angry, and and, and she left, and uh, I hadn't seen her for a while, and she found me in a pile of black puke, barely breathing, on the doorstep, and uh, I got rushed to the hospital, and. Uh, charcoal and uh brought back to life but what what i'll tell you though i'll tell you the worst feeling and and I'm, I'm sure you might be able to relate to this but the worst feeling in the world is when you set out to actually take your own life because you don't feel you're worth it anymore and that you don't feel that you're not going to be anybody that all of a sudden you wake up and you're alive and you're like now 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 what do i have i, I can't even i can't even kill myself like what do i have now and uh you know, three, three days in the hospital, I get out of the hospital, I go get a 60 ounce or I an ounce of crack and I, I try and hang myself for 24 hours. And every time it's just in the, and in and in and in and, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just, I just couldn't, uh, I just couldn't, uh, I don't know, something, something, something was watching me back then. And, and I turned myself into the Barry police and, uh, Ended up ended up getting a year in, in prison for that driving on their suspension for for uh, the fifth time, and and I ended up, you know, jail saved my life that time. And uh, but still, still after that, two thousand five, got out of jail, didn't stop, didn't stop. I didn't know how to stop. Right, I I couldn't, I couldn't stop. The pain was so bad. The 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 dysfunction was so bad. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what to do. It was just mad chaos, and um, yeah. I I had that myself um, with my attempt. I checked myself into a mental hospital to get the help. Right, I needed the help because I knew something was wrong with me. Something, something that was just off. And when I went there trying to get the help, it was like a gift and a curse. The guy the psychiatrist that was running it. He was a jerk. That's the nicest way I could say it. Um, <laughs> because like, it's a language barrier. You know, when you're, yeah. when you're going through a dark time and you're trying to open up, right? He wasn't speaking my language and he wasn't even trying to speak my language. Like literally he read my file and just was like, oh, okay, you're from the Bronx and this is what happened. You have a chemical imbalance. Take these and you'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, like, <laughs> that was three minutes of my time, bro. Like, what else, what else do you have for me? Like, is there anything else? Is there something that you want? And he's like, no, nah, I read your file because, you know, you, you opened up to the nurse or whatever. And I told him, no, nah, like, you have to do better. And he was pissed, clearly. Um, because, like, you know, it's just like me coming to your house and putting my feet in your couch. You know, I'm telling you, like, no, nah, I'm going to put my feet here. And I told him that if I wanted drugs, like, simple as that, I can go outside and get it. I actually came here for the, the tools to help me heal. I've, I have so much emotions that I don't know how to control them, right? Like, clearly, I, I should have looked into therapy. But, you know, when you're attempting suicide, you're not really in the right frame of mind. Uh, thankfully, my, my girlfriend had found me, who is now my wife. And, you know, she, we took the steps to get the proper help or whatever. But then, uh, you know, the guy, he was mad. And he was like, oh, you're from the Bronx. So I know you don't have a really high IQ. So, and I was like, all right, cool. I get it. I know what you're doing, you know. Yeah, passing you on. 
Well, no, yeah. no. He's trying to insult me, like, so I can get show some rage, anger, to show everybody else that I do need the prescription and I do need to be put in the jacket. I'm like, dude, I've been called way worse. Trust, I'm from the Bronx, bro. <laughs> like, I've heard it all. <laughs> all right? Like, if you're going to yeah. insult me, talk about my mom real fast, and then, then, then we can get to scuffling. But, yeah. um, but I know what he wanted. I know what he's trying to do. And being there for about five days, like, yeah, like three, three to five days or whatever, and I was able to do the, the group therapy that they was doing. But not only that, I started taking things back to the basic as far as, like, journaling, right, and writing writing out my emotions because I had to get them out. <laughs> they kept replaying in my head, you know? Yeah. But then I, after that, I was able to, to, you know, do everything I, I left because I volunteered. Um, and I just started learning how to heal. And after that, just like doing everything for as far as writing and exercising and whatnot to really have the courage to stand up to my parents. They, they was like the downfall of me. You know, like they didn't teach me a lot of, things as far as like loving and communicating so therefore there was a disconnect and I, I hated myself like I hated myself heavy you know and mm -hmm. um but that was the first time ever in my life I felt like I had the power back like I have a voice because I stood up to them and they was like my biggest fear um I say this story because I I want to ask you what was your I think I got my power back type of moment like no actually I don't think I know I got my power back why don't you go? You tell, I, I got yeah, well, a whole go ahead. Oh, you Yeah, you what? go. You crack your voice, lady. You crack your voice. Well, Ashley, tell us your story, a little bit of your story, if, you, if you're comfortable. Absolutely. Up. Yeah, my story, and it's it's funny, I just started sharing, like, on a, on a you know, on a social media platform, you know, and I've done two, two podcasts before this, so um, it's still very new for me, but I mean, what I can tell you about my story is my story, like, I can kind of like now pinpoint where a lot of my, you know, where the beginning of what I can remember is. And it's, you know, I came from a broken home as well, right? I came from, um, you know, uh, divorced parents. Um, you know, my dad was a severe alcoholic. Um, you know, my mother did the best she could with what she knew. Um, she was very broken too, right? And she had a lot of, a lot of trauma she had to deal with. Um, I also had a name change um, when I was small. I didn't know that until I was older. Um, but yeah, I, I went from Ashley Brisson to now Ashley Bolkage. And so, you know, because my mother had such a hate for my father, she wanted me to have nothing to do with him. So she actually changed my last name. Um, you know, my story kind of starts when um, my, I have two older sisters um, on my father's side and my, my second older sister had a relationship with my mom and, and they brought, uh, she brought me, um, was able to see me and uh, she actually brought me to my dad's house. I hadn't seen my dad since I was uh, probably two years old. And I think I met him for the first time when I was seven. So I, I, did, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know what he looked like. Didn't know what he said. But, but I remember this, we were walking up to his house and um, you know, we go into the house and I see these kids, I see this wife, I see all this stuff. And he looks at me and he says, Brandy, who are you babysitting? He didn't even know who I was. So I remember that moment and, and I'm looking around and, and not understanding, right? Why, why not me? Right. So I had a lot of, dis I as well had a lot of, um, you know, disconnect and I had a lot of, um, um, why am I not good enough? Right. Why, what about me? Right. I was forgotten, you know, stuff like that. My mom actually got remarried and they had, um, you know, my younger sister. So I had a lot of displacement, um, you know, of where, where do I belong? 
you know, and that resonated with me for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I lashed out hard. I was a very angry child. Um, you know, I have very, very few memories of my dad when I was little and, you know, I, I blame my mom for a lot of it. Right. So, you know, I would tell my mom, I hated my dad just so I would make her happy. And, you know, my dad would ask me questions and just to make them happy. So I would feel like they would love me. Right. It was, it was really hard. Um, you know, and I started really young. I think I was 11, 12 years old when I started drinking. And I think I was 12, maybe 13 when I started doing, you know, I started doing cocaine, um, you know, and, and that just that was my thing right that was my thing to get away I didn't have to feel anything I didn't have to be me you know I could just literally numb myself and I mean that continued in and out I didn't um I didn't get hard into my addiction and my alcoholism until I was older um or I think anyways um (laughs) well when you're in it you never know though the only only people from the outside know right so (laughs) they could be something different but kind of when I started um you know being so young into recovery too you know I'm starting to learn a lot about myself right and and we talk about that self-love and you know that aha moment and you know that moment when you know, I'm not ashamed that I am in recovery where before I was hiding it and I wouldn't admit it. And it was the scariest thing because there's something wrong with me. Right. But anyway, so, um, going back, like, um, yeah, I was very, very, I was a very angry, angry human being for a very long time. And I actually ended up, um, getting pregnant with my first daughter when I was 17. Um, you know, and that, you know, as a child, I, and not that I did it on purpose by any means, um, it, it did happen, obviously, it wasn't safe. But, you know, I finally had somebody to love, you know, and to love me. And I, I, you know, and my daughter, I love my daughter. She's amazing. My Both my girls are good. But, you know, at 17 years old, I'm a baby, you know. You're a kid raising a kid. I don't know. You know, I only know so, so little. And so, you know, um, luckily, I did have my, you know, my dad and my stepmom um, did help me raise my daughter the best they could. And both, you know, they were both really, really heavy drinkers and alcoholics. My mother really didn't have anything to do with me when I was pregnant. She kind of, she just couldn't do it. And that's on her to figure, you know, she's got to live with that for the rest of her life. But, you know, luckily today we have a good relationship. Um, but, you know, the story goes on and, um, you know, I moved out when I was 17. So, you know, I still wanted to have, you know, that, you know, that young adult life. I still wanted to go out. I still wanted to party. I wanted to do that. And so on and so on. So I tried to balance the both and I did the best I could. Um, you know, and kick the story farther ahead, you know, here I am 22, I have another daughter, I'm married at 23, you know, and so it's so, and it's funny, I, I always tell people your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 years old, right? So yeah. I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? Why is everybody letting me do this? Why am I married? You know, but it was just something, you know, somebody, somebody wanted me and somebody loved me and we had a baby, you know what I mean? So I was just grasping at, at that. I just want to be loved. Right. And I, I grasped that for the majority of my life because I just, I didn't know, I didn't know what self-love was. I didn't know how to love myself. I didn't even know what that looked like. And, and so, you know, that cycle continued and, um, in and out of like toxic relationships, um, you know, um, dysfunction, like violent, um, like just chaos. Right. And so, um, that carried on for, for the majority of my life. And I think my, my, so I had, um, my, one of my, my best friends, um, this is kind of where my downfall happens. Um, my best friend lived with me and, um, left the house one day and he died. Um, um, he drowned. Wow. And so that was my, my moment of, of, I give up, 
<laughs> um, you know, raising two, two daughters, um, you know, holding down a job and everything, but I just gave up, uh, my life didn't matter anymore. We had a very, very, um, co-dependent relationship, me and Luke, we had a very codependent, it was very, it was very unhealthy. We both drank, we both used, you know, like it was very, but we loved, like, I don't know, it's just one of those, like, we needed each other kind of moments. And then that was gone for me. So, you know, I had a lot of people coming in and out of my life and just, you know, a lot of, you know, feeling used and feeling abused and just, you know, even when I, you know, Jay kind of popped into my, I'm like, what does he want from me? Like, there was no like, oh, this is a nice person. It's like, what does he want from me? Right. Like I was so broken, um, like so broken. And so, just, but we, but we both, we were, both were so broken. Like, I don't, and here I'm at 12 years <laughs> clean and sober. I meet her. She's at five months. And I think oh, I'm yeah. more broken at 12 years so. clean and sober than this tornado of a Texas <laughs> shows up at my door you know that's and it, it, it did that's how it happened no. <laughs> and uh and uh but, but it's funny you say that though right because like same thing is you know like it's, it's interesting right so you know we we uh i give her my five month medallion so a friend our friend lauren i give him my five month medallion and i start messaging her well she started messaging me not and at wanted, all wanted to date me and all no, this other stuff you know i didn't even know this is why anyways <laughs> She's right. I'm wrong. So uh, look, admit, you just got to admit things are perfect. Perfect. It's fine. Right? So, so I'm looking around for the five month. I remember Lauren has it. And um, so, so Lauren gives her my five month medallion on the ninth, which is pretty crazy because the five month made it sleep. You know, I got it at five months. Lauren got it at five months. And now Ashley's getting it at five months. And then I met Ashley. Uh, that that night she came over and and, and it you know I, I joke around a lot but truly it was about recovery in, in the beginning for Ashley and I and and uh, um, you know I, I was just you know it, 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 I always stayed away from women in the program right I didn't want to be with somebody that was like me that's I didn't want that I didn't you know so I always dated women that weren't in the program a because I got to live vicariously through them because they drank and they used and they were okay. I just knew I couldn't write. So I, I can't be the guy that says stop drinking. If you don't feel you have a problem, I'm not going to, you know, so I would yeah. just sit there and watch them get drunk and go, Holy, thank God. That's not me. And you know, okay. Holy shish. Like, this is crazy. And you know, all those things right over the course of, over the course of, uh, you know, 13 years like you, you talk about when when did you get your power your, your voice and your power back right and and uh you know you know for me it was you know once i once i uh once i heard my my head pop out of my you know what uh and realized that i was the problem that my ego and my self-centeredness and my selfishness were running my whole entire life my whole entire life i, I could not hear anything anybody was saying because it had to be about me and all about me because that's the only form of love i knew right is making it about me why make it about somebody else because now they're going to get the love and i don't want that i need the love because i don't know what love is and i don't love myself so i need the give me the fake love right like give it to me now yeah and um you know, so, so that, that moment when I'm in treatment and I'm about ready to leave because, you know, my counselor says to me, go upstairs, write down all the things you changed. And this is after I've left and went to the airport. And, you know, I know I have a problem. 
So, you know, in step one, it tells me, you know, I got to admit I'm wrong and I have a problem and my life's, you know, so I knew I had a problem, but if he said, Hey, Jay, do you want to drink? Well, now I can point the finger at you and blame you because, you know, that's the blaming game on the, you know, the relapse game, right? Like I'm not going to take ownership on a relapse. If you ask me for the drink, I'm going to tell you it's your fault. No, no, he did it. Right. Like that's how I would do that's that that's called not owning anything and that's pushing blame. Um, and so I knew that I was the problem. So it was funny. I was sitting at the airport and like, it was the strangest thing. The, no waitress would ask me if I wanted to drink nothing. It felt like forever. Get back in the cab, go back to the treatment center, lose it on her. She says, go upstairs, write everything you've changed. There I am sitting in my room going, you know, like what the, like I'm going to meetings and I'm clean and sober. Like, like why hasn't anything else changed? Like what is going Like I'm having like a breakdown moment here. And so I go and leave the treatment come out and at that point what was really driving me was my anger so my anger was so bad that I couldn't even like I couldn't process anything right so I just anger and I just lash out and I'd lose it on guys in the treatment center so I went to the guys that I lost it on they're like yeah yeah Jay yeah yeah you changed and we've seen you change right so what's that instant gratification yes I knew I changed oh you know what I mean and I'm yelling and then all of a sudden the other counselor comes along and goes Jay you're running around the treatment center asking people if you've changed, like your life is unmanageable. And I was like, pop, right? Like that was the minute that I heard the pop and heard the self-centeredness, selfishness, pride, and ego were running my whole entire life. And, um, I went downstairs and begged, I begged to stay in that treatment center. And she's like, you're going to do it my way or you're out of here. And, uh, the minute you buck, the minute you say anything, Jay, door, like enough's enough with you. You've been here four months. And, uh, I, <laughs> that's that, you know, I, at that, that I said, okay. And, uh, that's when I had like the, the moment of, of clarity. And, uh, it was the first time I got on my hands and knees and prayed. And, and this, this prayer came out of my mouth. Um, I don't know where it came from. It just did that. I think it was just me going to all the meetings and me trying to be a sponge and me not really like realizing what a sponge was. And, uh, I got on my hands and knees and, you know, God, give me the strength, courage, hope, and faith. I need keep believing in me, trusting me, having faith in me, keep loving and caring about me unconditionally. Give me patience, tolerance, understanding, forgiveness, compassion, and acceptance of other people's struggles along with my own. Let me love myself, like myself, care about myself enough to move forward in a positive direction. Let me be comfortable with who I am and what I'm doing. Let me live in the day, the moment, to live on life's terms. My Lord, I turn my will and my life over to the care of you today and guide me in my recovery. Never give up. Keep living the dream. That's what came out. Went to sleep, woke up, looked in the mirror, and I saw a smile. First time I ever saw myself in the mirror. And uh, that's when the journey of recovery started. And uh, that was when I... that's when I took my life back. And that's when I, uh, that's when I said, uh, there's been a lot of times that I've said this and, and, uh, that's when I said, I'm going to do this for Jay. And, uh, you know, I started doing it for Jay. Hey guys, I know this episode is so intense and so deep, but Jay and Ashley's telling their story. I had to break it up for part one and part two. Keep it locked for part two. Part two will come out in about two days. Keep it locked. You know what to do. Today's episode of the Just Believe Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're currently going through a mental health challenge, don't be scared to look in the show notes and reach out to those resources. If people are going to put labels on you, 
tell them, look, labels are made for jars, not people. Whatever obstacles that's facing in front of you, you can overcome that as long as you just believe. Until then, I'll see you next week. Peace.